real-life mayhem some believe is motivated by a certain sound and stagecraft. The musical genre often appealing to teens is called horrorcore, and there is no bigger name than the insane clown posse. Clown posse. Insane clown posse? What's all that about? About 26, 27 years of making music in the underground, music that you don't normally hear on the radio, or uh, you don't see our videos on any video channels. Um, we know that what we put out is a uh, acquired taste. Um, they've now been called a gang. So people who show up to your concert, if they're on uh, probation or what have you, they can be arrested because it's gang affiliation. We wrote, we wrote the script up and we nailed it. We knocked it out and it's influenced from other movies, but then twisted all with our juggalo style. style. Welcome back to Mad Mad Wicked Clown Love, the final episode, the final chapter in our descent into the dark carnival of souls. We have stared into the abyss and the abyss has whoop whooped back at us. My name is Shawnee Campion and as always I am joined by my faithful creamy co-host Alistair Bates. How are you today Batesy? Sean, whoop whoop, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm also fantastic. A pleasant whoop whoop to you. Now, Thank anyone you. out there in podcast land might have read the title of the episode, or if they have particularly keen ears, they might have heard a chuckle or even a grimace from our delightful <laughs> guest, Tom Walker. Uh, sorry, guys. When I feel that joy, you know I can only let it out. And I wasn't ready <laughs> for a creamy co-host. <laughs> I'm full cream too, baby. No skim over here. Oh. Tom, you are potentially... Maybe the funniest person working in stand-up at the moment. Ooh. You have an amazing new special, Very Very, on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, the big um, dog, Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. everyone loves logging onto their favorite streaming service, Amazon Prime. <laughs> to uh, And find out that the algorithm over there thinks that you want to watch either a home movie that someone made like in 2019 and uploaded, or uh, literally the movie Heat. Like... <laughs> There's no in between on that fucking platform with the I know that we've only have. just met each other, but those are literally the only two things I want to watch at any given point. Absolutely, like that's the great thing about it. It feels like a kind of a return to watching like free to wear at 10 p.m. at night, where your two mm. choices were absolute dreck or like something that's inexplicably good. The SBS or community television kind yes. of. <laughs> Staying up late to watch Eat Carpet and then being a bit yeah. disappointed to find Erotic out stories. what Eat Carpet actually is. Yeah. <laughs> I caught your Amazon Prime special the other day, very, very, after the horn being tooted of it by America's poor left Tompkins, which is a pretty big deal, to be honest. And I was blown away. Al had been touting the idea of getting you on the pod for a little while now. And I was like, sure, I'll check this guy out. It was fucking hilarious. The stuff with the jacket, I don't even know how to parallel park and you can do perform oh, in ways I didn't know were possible. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. I um if it's any consolation, I do not uh, know how to drive. You know, it's it's all it's all where you put the points in your character sheet, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta overbalance the stats. Your song Me At Me Meow as well from Bibu, the ABC special you did. I sing pretty much every day to my cat as well. Like that's just 
One of the catchiest, beautiful songs I've ever heard. I'm so glad. That is my uh, my greatest regret, that fucking song. Because oh, really? it's now like... Yeah, because like it's the thing that comes... It's like I have only like two or three clips online, and then I have this fucking special. And the special's really good. All my clips are fucking horrifying. Oh, They're no. so bad, man. <laughs> They're so fucking bad. Oh, oh dear. anyway, anyway, let's 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 move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's uh let's get juggling, babies. Tom, we'll get you up to speed. Firstly, we just need to know when did you first hear about the insane clown posse? I knew about the Insane Clown Posse from a pretty early age. I would say around 14 or 15. I saw them on, I think, Channel V. I also had a, uh, a slight understanding of them as a young wrestling fan. Oh, wow. I knew them okay. as a supporter of, like, indie wrestling. They, they had a short run in the WWF and WCW and ECW. They're like... Yeah, they were really big in, like, the ECW crowd, weren't they? Like, they were part of that, like, kind of homegrown wrestling thing. Yeah, they actually had like a backyard wrestling setup and like then were friends with Sabu and Rob Van Dam, who are like two big ECW guys. But then also they started their own federation. I know that there's a pro wrestler who like I know through comedy shit called Colt Cabana. And he always says that ICP are like the nicest guys to work for in pro wrestling. And oh, that the rules. most fair paying. I have a, a very sharp sense memory of being... I want to say like 14 or 15 on a browser window or like, you know, with Safari open and looking at the official Insane Clown Posse merch store and looking at a Hatchet Man necklace and thinking to myself, this could be my thing. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) So when we watched our things today, I was like, that there but for the grace of god <laughs> like yeah i went down a different route of clowning these guys uh, yeah i i thought it was so cool and i think i it's just that thing that i you guys have probably gone into a bit of just like being hey i'm like kind of white and dumpy and i don't feel good and i feel like i'd like to have some close friends <laughs> like, yeah totally and that's these guys' whole deal yeah essentially that's kind of how we came in the last maybe episode or so we kind of had this full 180 turn after realizing that it's yeah, like this really real sincere you know it's this radical kind of sincereness that they have while still being hyper aware of how fucking ridiculous it all is at the same time how they're just kind of immune to parody through that even though people can try and do it it's just you can't really uh make fun of something that's already aware of how kind of crazy it is yeah like for every time that they were made fun of they've got 15 years behind them of hearing the same jokes they've heard it all and they're making money off your mockery but then on top of that they spread pretty positive message as well just the whole full acceptance of each other and empowering each other through acceptance it's pretty admirable (laughs) i hope our listeners along this this road with us have gone from the pure unadulterated year 11 racist high school film project that was big money hustlers to the exact same film meets blazing saddles in big money rustlers all the way through the, (laughs) the miracles film clip and other related juggalo merchandise and entertainment offerings to get us where we are today, which is to talk about a documentary which 
I watched for the first time maybe in 2009, and it's been on my mind ever since. This documentary, it sticks with you. This is American Juggalo, and re-watching it, uh, I think I also saw it around, you know, 2009. I also realized how much of this I remembered that I've just internalized. <laughs> the whoop whoops, the, there's so many... I mean, it really profits from the outstanding tableaus that the juggalos just kind of throw up wherever they pass. Like the, um, the smoking uh, pregnant lady. Let's play a clip. Yeah, holy shit. It's about true, true, straight fucking trustworthy ninjahood right here, man. It's about true passion for the music for the love for the family for everyone here it's just united you know we're here on our juggalo islands where boom it's it's fucking paradise and we get one week out of the year to be home i mean people need to concept the fact that this is more than gangs and drugs and slinging and color it's about a united nation it don't matter your race your size your sex your gender what you're into how you like it as long as you claim the j-u-double-g-a-l-o they're accepted buddy american juggalo is available for streaming and has been since 2009 on vimeo it was directed by documentarian sean dunn he tends to stick to the short form studies of characters and situations similar to american juggalo what we see is an uninterrupted look at conversations with individual juggalos on the ground at the gathering of the juggalos in 2008. We don't see any music, we can hear it in the background, we don't get any look at any of the actual concert acts or anything like that. A lot of the film just takes place in and around the camping grounds, visiting juggalos. It really does kind of establish, I guess, the jug juggalo subculture isn't just kind of a music-related thing. Uh, and it's not just kind of a community either, but it's kind of an ethos. Uh, as I mentioned before, it's about acceptance of self and acceptance of others, you know, no matter their social class or generation or gender or family background. It, it's kind of crazy how deep this subculture goes and to the point where there are these weird kind of crossovers with subcultures as well they kind of have these cyberpunk juggalos and straight edge juggalos and uh intergenerational juggalo who was like my mum is a juggalo and i'm about to have a daughter as well and she'll be a juggalo for sure a lot of synchronicities become apparent on behalf of the filmmaker but also through the words of the juggalos the majority of these people aren't particularly happy in their day-to-day -day life and even if they are are all they look forward to and the best part of their year is one week in august where they can go absolutely fucking full bunta in the woods of detroit at gathering of the juggalos we run into people that quit jobs that have driven 2000 miles with their family my personal favorite is a woman that uh has taken too much ecstasy to even get out of the car <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's just happy to be there. Yeah, I think my favourite is the old guy who starts off with a familiar cadence to anyone, like, you know, across the film. But he's like, yeah, this is about family. This is real. I am here. I've been getting dialysis. My kidneys have failed me. I'm waiting on a kidney transplant. But then he keeps that cadence and then it slowly slides into well i've got a rare blood type so hopefully you know i last the five years that it takes and then just kind of slowly peters into just actually talking about his life-threatening illness then this fucking (laughs) thumb next to him kicks in with just like a and that's real (laughs) i really appreciated his his whole attitude towards life and his mortality by just, you know, he understands how little time he has and he's deciding to spend it with Juggalos and getting loose. Like, it's kind of... I personally found him the most horrifying part of the documentary. <laughs> I watched it with a friend and she had to go have two cigarettes as soon as his sequence was finished. What is interesting is we don't just get the lighter side of Juggalo life and the... It, and the interest in family and brotherhood, we do see some genuine darkness peeking out from behind the edges. There is a a guy holding a sign that says he needs a juggalette or two, who says he's there to lose his virginity. A rare utterance from the off-screen host asks, well, this is the place to do it. And his response is, not for me. I'm crazy. I like to stab people. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote that down on my notes. I said the virgin guy, he's like the craziest heel turn I've ever seen because I found him quite charming. I thought the where he was going with that was like, you know, I, I'd love to get laid. And he was like, oh, is it going to happen? And he's like, oh, you know, probably not for me. Like, I was like, oh, why? And I was like, oh, he's being self-effacing. He's like, oh, even, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I could shoot fish in a barrel. I couldn't get laid at a gathering of the Juggalos as a Juggalo myself. But instead he goes into fucking jarhead glazed eyes and skews, because I'm crazy, man. I like to stab people. And it's horrifying. He's full Vincent D'Onofrio in full metal. No, don't be at all. Isn't he? How did you find this? Because I found it difficult to watch. I was, like, fidgeting with stuff. I was, like, getting stuff done during the watch. Because I have this real thing about people saying they're happy while clearly not being happy. I think I tore the label off a beer and then shredded it into a million little pieces, as anyone that's been anxious at a party probably has. Mm. Uh, this is 23 minutes long, so our listeners, if you want to check it out, it's it's worth a look, but it feels like it lasts forever. Like, it's, it's a real dark night of the soul type deal. There are moments that will oh, make yeah. you laugh out <laughs> loud, for instance. The guy who spray paints his face, the signature makeup, and then tells the cameraman, you shouldn't spray paint your face, it burns. Smash cut to him getting another color all over his eyeball. Really really kind of enjoyed a group of outsiders who not always, but mostly live in pretty terrible conditions, socioeconomic conditions, who have found, despite being rejected by their communities, you know, there's that person talking about how his church kicked him out just because he started getting his ears pierced and tattoos, and how they've all found a kind of weird little family together. There's that great quote about the mother talking about how it takes a village to raise a child, and how this is the village she wants to raise her child in, and I, I don't know, I think it's... 
I think the most depressing thing for me was that young couple who was like, we're traveled like 26 hours to be here and we're going to wake up on Sunday and Monday go back to work. But I, I, I just really was quite moved by a whole group of outsiders kind of finding each other and essentially trying to support each other and lift each other up through kind of positive affirmations. I thought it was really nice. We did talk about how we wanted to order the films we watched in this series and I initially had wanted to watch this film first but I'm glad I watched it last as after watching the Insane Clown Posse's productions in kind of a lens of only seeing them and then finalizing after learning so much about them and their culture as a people being able to see that culture on display and hear it firsthand from the fans what it means to them, it, it gave context and it made a lot more sense to me. Whereas when I was a kid in 2009 watching it, I was just gawking at the freak show. Yeah. I feel like if we did this inverted, it probably wouldn't have been as enjoyable and we probably would have been... I th And also, uh, Tom, I said to Sean before we recorded this episode that I think my brain has broken watching all of the Juggalo stuff over the last month because, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just been this full 180 for me where before I was like, no, these guys are freaks. So why do we have to do this to like, no, man, it's a beautiful beautiful community of people who don't judge each other but i don't know a whole bunch of like redneck libertines kind of on some weird christmasy hillbilly hajj kind of thing it's it's kind of cool how like it's more or less a religious ceremony stand-in for these people it's kind of interesting to watch from like a, a cultural perspective i think yeah i think i think my thing about it is i find it i'm i'm glad these people have found a place to belong i'm so happy with that and i feel like internet culture specifically has taken such what you were saying about watching it first to gawk at the freaks and now looking back you're like oh no this is like I am so happy for these people. Similarly, you know, I, I think at least the corner of the internet that I belong to has done kind of the same thing with large segments of, like, the furry population. Yeah. Where it's, after a while, you're like, oh, they're not hurting anyone. Yeah. Or, you know, like, well, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> In the case of the Juggalos, they are hurting each other at uh, rapidly accelerating rates. <laughs> but, like, the... It's it's so nice that they belong. I think it's just for me seeing the violence visited on these people yeah. by the nation and by the systems of capitalism that they are laboring under, and like the the slices of fucking dire life, like the guy having dialysis and his kidneys have failed him, he's waiting on the transplant. They're all yelling about family and so committed. I have them in my notes here. This begins i think with like three guys chanting family after one person says family just like what's icp it's family family <laughs> and then immediately everyone starts chanting family full-throated i can never imagine doing a full-throated like fucking three-person chant no <laughs> I, it's insane to me and throughout the film anytime someone uses a, a catchphrase like whoop whoop a dozen voices will be heard in the background yelling whoop whoop as well people will wander onto camera to just yell whoop whoop or family at any given point i remember one time being in the sydney airport during i want to say uh sound or download festival and it which icp played or maybe mm. during an insane clown posse 
Tua, but the amount of juggalos that were at the airport that were just screaming whoop whoop to each other from <laughs> the sides of the airport to identify each other in a crowd. Hell yeah. It was amazing. It was like listening to a lyrebird sing. That's beautiful. Yes. I think it must be so nice to belong to such a an unsecret group of masons or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That. Like it's such a, a beautiful group. But also... You know, people are yelling ICP, people are yelling whoop whoop, people are also just yelling, screaming out like, suck my nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like I love the idea of a Freemason's Lodge that just has a sign out the front that says free beer and it's spelt wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite quote from American Juggalo, which was, I don't know if you guys remember, there was that dude who gave this kind of really long monologue where he was just like... I had an old man tell me there's nothing good left in the world, and shit, I actually believed him. Came here, <laughs> and I saw all the titties, all the weed, all the fast food, this shit is the bomb! And I was just like, right on, man, I get that, that's, <laughs> that's fire out, dude. And then there's that guy saying he was just letting off explosives because there's, I think, I feel like people just letting off explosives is a theme that we will probably revisit later in this episode yeah. i think now's as good as any to move along to american juggalo 2 if you guys are ready yeah i'm ready i think oh there's one other thing i just want to say the skeeviest thing the thing that skeeved me most in um american juggalo was the moment where a man is standing next to a young woman who is not wearing a shirt or a bra and he's talking directly to the camera but then you see from the side of the frame a guy comes up to the lady while this other man is monologuing to the camera and just leans in and you kind of half hear him say excuse me the young lady could i get a photograph with you <laughs> and then he poses with her and then he gets down on like one knee and kind of has his arm around her and then he sticks out his tongue and you can see that he's like licking the nipple he's like he's he's not he's just not licking it but he's clearly trying to be like i wonder what i can get away with oh here. the hover hand yeah. but and it's, <laughs> with the tongue yeah oh, dude, we've he's all hover done taste, the buddy. hover lick fellas let's come on we're mugs friends yeah? <laughs> finally some locker room talk in the zoom call <laughs> right but no, it, that was that that hint at like the kind of because it is tempting to say that this is a fucking, you know, the uh, utopian society or whatever. But really, it is just hedonism and completely lossless, uh, complete fucking anarchy or chaos. Yeah, Everyone's controlled anarchy, I believe, was the direct quote. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that control, but... Yeah, it's just fucked, man. Yeah, it's good they found a community I'm just do it away from people us. People haven't hurt themselves. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, Sean. Yeah, I think you'll be uh, in for some shocking news. I hope you're sitting down, much like the. Uh, I'm not going to go there, but <laughs> I am sitting down. Thank you. <laughs> American Juggalo Two. This this answered a lot of my what I wanted from American Juggalo One because American Juggalo One, of course, has has none of the music, which is such a great choice because it doesn't let you like judge these people for liking the band if you fucking hate the band like the the, the music i would say is objectively bad yeah, mostly pretty lousy <laughs> it's pretty lousy but then i was like i want to see these people when they're not at the gathering yeah 
Like, that is what's interesting to me, because I'm seeing these people, and I'm pretty sure I would feel the same way I would if this was just interviewing people at, like, the fucking Melbourne Cup, because people would ju be just as obliterated, yeah. but they wouldn't be, like, you know, covered in clown paint, and I think they would be making pretty much the exact same things about going to the races and watching a horse get shot in the fucking head with a 50 cal sniper <laughs> rifle or whatever they do. There's a real like, splendor in the grass at 4am vibe to a lot of it, isn't there? Yeah, I recognizing the beats and, like, rhythms of wasted conversation in the mouths of juggalos and just be like, oh man, I remember having this conversation when I was, like, 16 or so. Mm. Just be, just waxing lyrical on the importance of friendship and family, going full fast and the furious. <laughs> so, to answer your question, Tom, if you've always wanted to know what it was like for a juggalo outside of the gathering, well... Luckily, mm -hmm. Sean and Tom, there's a documentary by the name of American Juggalo 2. I'm just some ninja. I'm just somebody from, from nowhere just trying to have fun. I like being just some ninja. This shit's real. Just some juggalo. You can't describe being a juggalo. You can't describe it. It's beyond comprehension, beyond reasoning. I could have been an evil-ass person. I could have been, like, I could have been a terrible-ass motherfucker. For a little while, I was a terrible person until I reached in to myself to find out where I really, 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 really belong and what's really important to me. And what's really important to me is loving other people. Whoop, whoop. Hey, come on. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. There we go. Okay, American Juggalo 2. Quark gets some competition when a slick con artist opens a gambling club on the promenade. Alright. <laughs> okay. I didn't watch it, I'm sorry, fellas. <laughs> so yeah, Tom and I watched this whilst uh, Sean heroically chose to watch Deep Space Nine uh, on Netflix. <laughs> Tom, if the first American Juggalo is kind of slightly hopeful and positive how would you describe this american juggalo i found this american juggalo and i think you and i are reversed here oh wow okay. i feel like you're setting me up here to say that this was um uh, bleak i think you found this bleak i found this one less harrowing yeah okay lovely but i mean there is quite an uplifting um aspect to it i think straight off the bat it kind of feels like a Werner herzog doco like it's full cinema verite full immersion in somebody's life i guess we should describe the the story of this it's kind of in feel quite a lot different to american juggalo one the the documentary maker does not interact in any way with the subjects and just kind of lets them express themselves without any kind of prompting it's real kind of day in the life stuff quite different to American Juggalo 1 in the sense that instead of kind of celebrating a community it's about an individual and his kind of journey and finding redemption in juggalism despite juggalism being the reason he lost his legs. Yes because he lost his legs after being hit by a train when he was eight years old. How does that relate to juggalism? 
I yeah, I didn't w- know that either. Was ins- were the insane clown posse driving the train? Do they have a train? <laughs> I might have heard it. Is there an insane clown train? <laughs> they were I... on a big steam train, and when you pull the th- uh, horn, it goes whoop whoop. Oh my god, <laughs> it was so good. I I might have heard it all. I thought he lost his legs in an explosion, and I just pieced the two and two together because of all the explosions <laughs> in number one. I might have heard something. There's a segment in this fucking documentary where he goes to train tracks, looks around and says this is where it happened yeah i just thought like because then he talks about how he's looking I- at train <laughs> wow yeah. wow, wow. I- <laughs> are all your dude? notes based around this idea that jugglerism destroyed his life <laughs> but also saved his life yeah no i because when he when he got to that train track i was like oh that's so sad he tried to kill himself there because he talks about like on the other he was like you know i don't view it as my life stopping i view that that is my life starting which is really awesome as well during that fucking hope it was starting he was eight years old yeah well (laughs) i don't know know how i missed that vital fellas do you mind if i have a moment of silence yes in train clown posse oh wow beautiful (laughs) (laughs) there it is I love at that scene, at, at the scene of the, the train crime, he, like, pr- provides this kind of beautiful freestyle uh, about... So the guy's name is Alex. He His juggalo name is Less Legs. He is wheelchair bound. Yeah, weirdly, he's had the name since he was seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> Foreboding. Yeah. Nominative determinism. Uh, uh, <laughs> What's really on display in this documentary is the whole uh, acceptance of self that the juggalo kind of philosophy really brings. It's really, it's even like a real big tenet in clinical psychology of uh, acceptance of self and how you can use that to overcome and improve your life quality. So you can use it to overcome uh, not traumatic events, but to kind of make peace with traumatic events and to uh, process horrible things that have happened. And, you know, I think self-acceptance is the first step of not helping yourself, but just help. Well, it is the first step in helping yourself. It's identifying there is a problem. It's kind of also similar to something called Ikigai, which is a Japanese concept of um, there is a reason for being for everything. It's, It's kind of highly observed in regions like Okinawa, where life expectancy is staggeringly higher than the rest of the world where the average age of death is something crazy like 95 mm. um yeah i don't know i i i we were talking about it earlier tom i maybe just completely misconstrued this then thinking it was about a man who blew his legs up at a juggalo festival you touching on ikigai and um that kind of thing that's beautiful but my head is just saying <laughs> Trains killed me. They haunt my dream. Lucky I'm on the Juggalo team. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I feel like I've just completely missed the... Uh, and you writing is, down a note being like, insane. wow. <laughs> I can't... Yeah, I, I, I was like, I was like, what is he talking about? When, earlier in, in American Juggalo One, you were like, and this guy uses explosives, which I think we'll come back to in American Juggalo Two. <laughs> yeah, you oh, remember no. when that guy stood by the train tracks for some reason, and then obviously implied that he, I don't know, stood on directly on top of a grenade. 
He fucking accidentally put on a grenade like a pair of thongs. What are you doing? I uh, I misread the room. <laughs> oh my god! I can't stop laughing. Well, Tom, what did you think of the Anchor Juggalo too? <laughs> so clear. I loved it. Very clear. <laughs> this is uh. And you know, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Yeah, and with with self acceptance, I can build on that. You know, like I'm accepting. This is like, this is. Oh no. Um, <laughs> He's talking about how his spine got like torn up to fuck. <laughs> He's he's staring, and I know, Sean, you haven't seen it. I implore you to see it now, because there is literally a scene where he's, like, looking down, this man in a wheelchair. He's staring directly down at the train tracks, and he's saying, yeah, this is memories. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Al just looks up his, his phone and is like... Oh, those juggalos, they're a gang. <laughs> oh, it's such juggalo, a shame that that guy juggalo is... crime. <laughs> I wasn't seeing it, but I doubtless he was looking at a big stick of dynamite that's now slightly out of frame. <laughs> Shit. Well, I'm glad I uh, watched American Juggalo 2 then. Um, <laughs> I guess this kind of brings us to our next segment. Tom, you touched on it very briefly at the start. Kind of mentioned your very keen interest in the art form of clowning but i think quite a few people might not know that you are actually trained in the act of mime and clowning right yeah i went to i went to this place in in france called Ecole philippe goyer which translates to philippe goyer school where um an old man teaches acting and with with a focus on clowning and kind of being in the moment in comedy so I, it's not like i I didn't have, like, circus clown training yeah. like you'd have at uh, Ringling Brothers or whatever sure. <laughs> at, the, at the more traditional clown colleges. <laughs> but there was, like, a period of my life where um, we, yeah, I had a red nose and I would try and be funny and it was uh, uh, intensely embarrassing. No, oh, I think but it's... But it, it ruled. It, it, was, it was very hard. And it yeah. fucking sucks. Other alums are Sasha Baron Cohen, I believe. Yeah, he was there for like... And this is a weird thing, because I don't want to like valorize the school. I think I got a lot out of it, and I love that place. But also, Sasha Baron Cohen was there for maybe, uh, you know, uh, two months. Yeah, <laughs> and, right, okay. <laughs> you know, like, and he always gets trotted out as the guy. The other guy, like... I think the, the biggest example I have for it is, like, one of the guys who taught us movement when... Have you guys seen Detective Pikachu? Yeah, well, the other note I have is I... We went to that premiere, and I remember when Mr. Mime... Yes. You got really excited for one second, because... And what I found so amazing straight away is you recognised the person playing Mr. Mime's form. But sorry, I'm, sorry. <laughs> it was yeah, crazy. No, I was like, that, that guy taught me... I got taught mime by Mr. Mime. Yeah, and it's amazing. <laughs> blew my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, that's when I was just like, fuck, I really want to just, act, like, I want to know how you knew that that was him just from his, like, I, I'm so amazed by that as a, a skill that you can do is just tell who somebody is by their body movement. It's Oh, listen, it's it's one of those things where eventually you get an eye for it when you're trying to 
basically work out why someone moves funny. So with Trigvi, uh, the guy's name is Trigvi Wakenshaw. Trigvi has an insanely long body and he's very exact in his movements, but he has like some weird signatures. It's one of one of the hardest things to explain in an audio medium. <laughs> yeah, like uh, if people have definitely their own physical signatures and shit. You'll be able to recognize people, uh, you know, through posture if you've left your glasses at home and what have you. Yeah. So, Insane Clown Posse and their relation to Clown, I think is linked to... I, I do not think, and this may come as a surprise to you, these men have a great investment in the rich tradition of clowning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that... Are they stealing clown ballads? Yes, ballot exactly. Yes no. <laughs> They're coming for it. What I think, like... So, clowns have gone through this stage of being spooky and scary and what have you. The reason for that, I think is because, you know, they're supposed to be nice, so any twist on them is horrific. Also, carnival clown makeup, like circus clown makeup, is as horrifying up close as drag makeup is up close. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's meant to be read from, like, you know, hundreds of meters away, and a smart, something that is clearly smiling when it's, like, you know, 400 meters away from you is nightmarish if you're an <laughs> eight-year-old and someone books someone for a party and that thing comes up to you and, like, shoves its huge teeth in your mouth and demands <laughs> that you let it know what animal you want shaped out of a balloon. <laughs> Their relationship with clown is that clowns are spooky, being a clown is crazy, and the only thing crazier than being a clown is being an insane clown. That's so true. <laughs> there it is. Just another question. I was feeling, um, I'm feeling kind of depressed and, uh... <laughs> is it because we laughed at you for five straight minutes? I have great recommendation for you. There is this wonderful podcast you must listen to. Yes, I'm listening. <laughs> you go download, take a look around. But doctor, I am take a look around. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just two Hello. more serious clowning questions. Who do you kind of think is, like, probably the gold standard for modern clowning? As aside from yourself, obviously. <laughs> oh, man. It's, um... I would say it's it's hard to think, because clown is, like, the idea of clown separate to comedy. Like, or, you know, not separate to comedy, but in, in a comedic conversation, clown is, like, being stupid and playful. And it's... Yeah connected to kind of playing the audience almost and and flowing with that i think in australia frank woodley is oh dude for sure yeah he's he's so funny and he just yeah. goes for so so long is an incredible physical performer as well i think that like i don't know if this is just because i like it but i think you should leave is like insanely funny to me down. Exactly, the bones are the skeleton's money. In our world, bones equal dollars. So the, the joke in that is so often, this is a dumb thing. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. Uh, Frank Woodley, as you said, he's so physical. Like, it, it, he has not slowed down. I feel like the last Lena and Woodley tour they did, he was still just doing all of those fucking insane... <laughs> his yeah, body man. just throwing... It's He's still just so amazing to watch. I, I mean, both Lena and Woodley are still fantastic. This is kind of more of a, uh, a critique question, Tom. From my understanding, I mean, I'm sure there's more, but there are the two kind of prominent clowning... Not theories, but archetypes of like the classic clown like bozo or like a a buffoon eh? is that is that how it said buffoon buffoon you know like <laughs> a real kind of uh i guess grotesque 
what would you say the ICP are clowns or buffoons? Oh, certainly the ICP is a classic Pierrot with that white face paint. That's what they're drawing inspiration from. But then they've huh? added their own black metal twist on it with that oh my goodness. dark black twinge. I think they are a very funny pair. I think they are very funny people. I've watched a few videos of them just talking, especially like videos of them talking about pro wrestling that their chemistry is so fun and warm and they're not afraid to be stupid but also i think these guys are pretty normal people i don't know if have you guys ever gone into that because in the last episode we were kind of talking about how there's that underpinning of uh pentecostal you know southern baptist rust belt kind of christianity they have rich yeah, Christian absolutely. vibes yes. to them. Hugely. Yeah. And like you, that for these guys who are always like, I will fucking murder you with a bloody knife and I'm an axe guy. I'm scary. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we, you know, our main thing is we like this big soda. Yeah. <laughs> fucking magnets. How do <laughs> they the work? Best line. Like I, I was watching a video of these guys on um, talking about pro wrestling and they were like, you know, because they were big in the 90s obviously and they were talking about how like uh, gold dust jay was talking about how gold dust would always say all these types of horrible things to us like all kinds of horrible things every time we walk by i don't know if he was in character or what but he would just be like looking at us and saying things like i eat poop and i'm like oh <laughs> i was like that's that's his barrier for a horrible thing so i guess at the end do, do you guys feel like we kind of learnt anything from this amazing Juggalo experience? I feel that I initially was huffing paint, <laughs> and then I felt like I was cool. huffing paint thinner, and then I felt like I was smoking a joint, and now finally, I feel like I'm drinking a beer with my family. That's whoop, beautiful. Whoop. I've come full circle. I Gorgeous. feel that I understand these people, and... If I ever ran into one, God forbid, I would have a good time. That's lovely. Tom, what about yourself? What are, what are, what are your takeaways from this Juggalo adventure? It's... I, I, it feels almost like looking at an entire subculture that seems to be not... I'm, I'm struggling with the phrasing of it, but almost in a state of arrested development to the things I thought were cool when I was 15 years old. In... Les Legs' house, you can see a huge Boondock Saints 2 poster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's also wow, shit not like... not even Boondock Saints 1. They were sold out. <laughs> All <laughs> Saints Day. <laughs> Tragically, Boondock Saints 2 was $5 cheaper and the shipping was free. No. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, w there's one point where you overhear someone go like, Ugh, I'm a terrible person and I'm going to hell. And it's like, oh, you guys are just like... I don't know, these are the kind of guys who would be typing offensive t-shirt into Google and then just scrolling and be like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Sarcasm is just one of the services you offer? That's insane to me. <laughs> God. My, my takeaway for Juggalo culture is that Juggalo culture can be kind of summed up as having your friends in high school who are always going to be your friends and that guy's the crazy one. But as a matter of fact, we're all the crazy ones and it's us against the <laughs> yeah. world. But it's that for your whole life. And it's <laughs> Not only that, but you seek out other groups of friends 
where everyone is the crazy one yes on a routine and regular basis i touched on this in the first episode of the show but it's almost as if when you meet a juggalo as opposed to meeting a metalhead you're not meeting someone from another walk of life that has different interests to you if you meet another juggalo you're going to meet your exact double you're going to meet someone who has all the exact same interests as you every single time yeah yeah it's kind of like mcdonald's where you can get the same burger across the world which i also think is kind of beautiful there's an upside to globalization guys it's fine hell yeah (laughs) i checked in on the you know juggalo subreddit i wanted to check in on how everyone was doing i saw that you know they participated in the the blackout for black lives matter and you know shaggy too dope has uploaded a long very slurred voiced uh thing about how we all need to be in this together and basically vocalizing his support the top post on the juggalo subreddit right now is uh hatchet man but in the colors of the trans flag sweet Uh, that's so beautiful (laughs) honestly it's fucking rules about a year ago, uh, Violent J did a video about how he supports his daughter being a furry. Oh, that's right. And he had his own fursuit as well because his daughter got him one for her birthday and he was like fully stoked on it because she was letting him into that part of her life. It's so nice to see these guys preaching acceptance and shit and then actually be about it and be a positive yeah. force. It rules. I love it. But even though they're a cool community who love each other, and I totally get that, just do it away from me, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think for me, American Juggalo won, joyous celebration, and by the sounds of it, I completely did not understand (laughs) American Juggalo 2. Look, uh, I think that's about all we've got to say about this beautiful subculture. Got one final thing I want to say. Go for it top comment on the vimeo page for american juggalo says this should be called whoop dreams all right like (laughs) i remember i sent you guys a screenshot that i found on the uh video clip for homies just had written say what you will about icp this is the greatest song about buddies ever recorded (laughs) and that's it all their music well not all their music a lot of it is about killing people and also being awful but like so much of their music is just like doesn't it rule to hang out with your friends i love being with my pals i love that tom thank you so much for coming on and watching these eye-opening revelatory beautiful (laughs) documentaries once again thank you so much for kicking some serious clown knowledge uh it's i i really appreciate you letting us pick your brains about your craft it's it's very rare to to talk about this kind of stuff it's endlessly fascinating i'm sure next time i see you i'll probably pick your brains on it oh please any any opportunity (laughs) i'm so sorry the insane clown posse perhaps do not take as much from you know classic clown stylings of uh Grok the Clown and um, Red Skelton, as we may have expected. (laughs) Hey, look, they're just fine, pal. Tom, where can we find you on social media? And I guess, is Twitch social media? Twitch is social media, right? Twitch is, yeah, I guess. Uh, Tom Walker is good on everything. That's That's what I've chosen to go with. Yeah, I'm streaming over on Twitch, driving a big truck around. I've worked out a way that people can pay to just yank the steering wheel left or right. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. 
Dude, it's it's so funny. Every fucking time it like totals the truck. One time it's happened and I've gone a full 360 in a donut through like oh, a vacant sweet. field. I was so angry. Just missed everything. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Uh your Amazon special very very is up on Amazon Prime. I had a look for beat boot but that's uh that's not on abc iview anymore but your lockdown comedy special on stan is up there yeah that's over on stan and we got a youtube channel and me and demi lardner have a podcast called big which continues to be the worst named podcast in australia uh it's all one word it's incredibly difficult to search or recommend to anyone but it's very funny and we go into uh, a lot of dumb shit on there <laughs> thanks again man thank you so no much worries. for coming thank you so much on for having me. it was a blast is there any kind of places that people can find us on the internet absolutely we are on twitter as take a look pod on instagram as take a look around pod and on facebook as take a look around the podcast this does culminate uh the month of june for us for our patreon mini series mad mad wicked clown love but if you're can't stop addicted to the shindig when it comes to the arrested development of man children, then you're going to love next month as we do What's My Age Again? Arrested Development in the Cinema of Pop Punk. Hell it's going to yes. be a hoot and a holler. We got some great guests and some actually watchable movies this time. Please stick around. Your Patreon will carry over. Please don't leave. We love you. Have a wonderful <laughs> evening. Thank you so much again, Tom. And uh, goodbye, everybody. Mwah. Mwah. Well, uh, woo, 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 woo. woo. <laughs>